Hey guys, I'm Chantel. And I'm Chris. And this is Forgotten Fridays. Hey, what's going on, Tube Addicts? It is Chris here again, and I have your wonderful, lovely host, my sister, Chantel. What up, Tube Addicts? And welcome back to Forgotten Fridays. Today, I want to tell you about a case that changed our world as we knew it. This case is actually the reason we received those Amber Alerts on our phone today. This is the case of Amber Hagerman. It's been 25 years since nine-year-old Amber went missing and was murdered from a Winn-Dixie parking lot, and local law enforcement is hoping to gain the public's interest on the case again in hopes of getting justice for Amber and her family. So of course, we are going to continue to spread awareness on her case by talking about it today. Amber was a typical nine-year-old girl. She was a Girl Scout and loved to ride her bike with her five-year-old brother, Ricky. On January 13, 1996, Amber rode her bike with her brother to a parking lot in an abandoned grocery store. And this was in Arlington, Texas, by the way. Her little brother then headed home, and when he did, a white or Hispanic male in a black pickup truck got out and forcefully took Amber off her bike and stuffed her into the cab of the truck. The only witness, Jimmy Kevill, said she screamed once and was kicking at her abductor. He called the police shortly after witnessing the abduction. Unfortunately, it wouldn't help. Despite more than 50 police officers and federal agents looking for her, they would not find Amber alive. That's sad. Now trigger warning for this next part, guys. It would be five long days later that a passerby would find Amber's body in a creek approximately four miles from the abandoned parking lot she was taken from. Her throat had been cut. Authorities believed Amber's body had been swept into the creek by a thunderstorm that they had just had because apartment maintenance men in the area didn't see anything out of the ordinary prior to the storm. Amber's parents, Donna Whitson or Whiteson, and Richard Hagerman, of course, were in disbelief when the police told them they found Amber's body. They had held out hope she would be found alive. Amber's father even told reporters his precious angel was still alive even after police told them the news. Now, since there was only one witness and an extreme lack of evidence, and since at that time there was no Amber alert, there was pretty much no progress in finding Amber prior to her murder. But leave it to a mom to find somewhat of a solution in hopes of this never happening to another child and family again. Shortly after Amber's funeral, Diane Simone, a mom herself, called into a local radio station with an idea. She figured if the local media sent out weather alerts, they could surely do the same for abducted children. When the National Weather Service issued an alert for severe weather, it interrupts the TV and radio broadcasts while making, as we know, a loud noise. Why not do the same for kidnapped children? I 100% agree with that. Yes. So broadcasters in the Dallas-Fort Worth area partnered with local law enforcement to alert viewers and listeners about child abductions. It was in 1996 that the Amber Alert system went live nationwide, named after little Amber Hagerman. As of this year, more than 1,000 children were found safe thanks to the Amber Alert system. And authorities say it has shown abductors are more likely to release children when an Amber Alert is issued. In case you didn't know how the Amber Alert system works, once law enforcement determines a case meets certain criteria, authorities notify broadcasters and state transportation agencies. Alerts interrupt programming and appear on statewide transportation signs, and of course, hit our cell phones. 
Now, as great as this is, I do want to mention one thing. Sadly, the system isn't perfect. If you remember, I said law enforcement determines what meets the criteria for an Amber Alert, and there are far too many black, brown, and indigenous children that have fallen through the cracks. But that is another case for another day. And of course, this is also bittersweet for Amber's family, as the alert system came too late for their loved one. Amber's mom, Donna, said in a 2016 interview, There's another part of me that wonders what would have happened if we would have had the alert when Amber went missing. Could it have helped bring her back? It's been 25 years and her murder is still unsolved. Diane Simone, the woman who came up with the idea for Amber Alerts, cautioned people to not ignore them. Amber Alerts make people aware of the most serious cases of child abduction, the ones police believe a child's life may be in danger. Every minute counts in a child abduction. As soon as you hear or see one, pay attention. There is likely a very worried family waiting and counting on you to save their child's life. So Chris, now that you've heard all that and know the history of how the Amber Alert started, what do you think? That is, it's crazy to kind of think about just because like sometimes like this thing that to some could be an annoyance. It's like, why is this happening? Why is this popping up on my phone? But just to be like brought into the real spectrum of what's really going on on the opposite end of that phone, like, you know, the parent, like you said, or person who's like thinking about this, because mm-hmm. like, you know, like sometimes we as people can like be going through so much that we just mm-hmm. like buzz, buzz. Oh my God. It's really? almost sometimes, I hate to say this, but sometimes it's like it's an, annoy- an annoyance, you know, and you just want to rush it off your phone. I- I definitely look at it differently now. Yeah, the whole time through that, like I was just like, "Oh man, you are kind of a douche." Like you for know? those moments when that happens, because it's like there's a mom yeah. or family member who is like being impacted by this right now. Just hoping that that alert helps and brings their loved one home, their child. Mm. And then on top of it, the fact that poor little Amber her murder was never solved that's horrible and there is nothing i hate more than any human to be not only hurt not only killed but discarded like trash thrown on the side of a road at nine years old a child nine years old that is and it's like the person who could do such a thing is disgusting and despicable how does that thought even process in your mind like how do you get there I do know for Jimmy Kevill, I mean, it's got to be tough to know that you literally saw a child be kidnapped and knowing that that child would, in the end, end up being murdered. I have to think you live with that a little, right? Like, not that he could have done anything, but that he saw it. And that's what I heard earlier in this with the with the mom where it's like, and we've talked about that before, like where she's playing through everything she could have done or what, mm-hmm. what if this happened? And it's like, it's so sad that a person has to be left with what ifs yes. instead of like solid, like, okay, I know, you know, like. And there are so many people in this case, especially that have that because even the little brother. He grew up knowing that he was the last one with his his sister and that he probably feels like, had I not left or, you know, and obviously, again, there's never anything you can do. But these are the things that we get left with when a loved one is ripped from our arms. And yeah, it's really it's, sad. It's like us trying to, what is it? There are like the stages to, um, grief. to grief. Mm-hmm. One of them is like trying to reason, really, yeah. right? Like you, you're trying to find reason for why this happened. 
So I really, um, I know her story doesn't have a whole lot of information, which is sad, 25 years. Um, but I wanted to kind of tell it because, like I said, they're trying to get the word out. And I actually have a little bit of information on that here in a second. But they're trying to get the word out. They're trying to get it solved. And I applaud that. 25 years, it could be ignored. It could be forgotten. And I'm glad that they're trying. Um but it's sad to know that all this time has went by with no answer. Like, this person that did this is free. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope, hope not. Hopefully, they're not, like, free in mind where it's like they're not even being haunted by this at all, you know? like I'm sure. How are you not? I'm sure they have to not have any conscience. Because how do you live with yourself after hurting a child? To do such a thing. Without turning yourself in, like, guilt eats you up to the right. point where you just have to... Or to Confess. even just want to hurt a child. like That is ridiculous. Kids are annoying, don't get me wrong, but I've never wanted to hurt one. Like, in, To hurt one, to cause one complete pain? No. That's just beyond weird and unacceptable. And if you do feel that way, please talk to someone. <laughs> like, seriously. And we're a family where it's like, you know, like, I do get an urge to just, like, pop someone. Like... Not just like, not just like, just random people, like just and not to hurt them, but just to do it, if that makes sense. But that's neither here nor there. Um, that's <laughs> not like a, it's not like a crazy thing. I'm working on it. You know, I'm taking time. Um, but I, I can't understand somebody who would actually want to hurt someone, like just anyone, a fellow person, but especially a child, someone who's so defenseless, like. This person's kind of like they're not all there. They're still ignorant to things, you know, like they still have much that they they need to learn. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, so I can't understand that in any any regards. Yeah, I can't either. Um, I never want to have to. I think we all feel this way. I never want to have to go through this and know what this is like. But I also wish no one else had to. And I hope that we can get to a place one day where no one else does have to go through this again. That's actually what I hope for. Just like to where they're... And another question I have actually, while it's still in my mind, before my old age kicks in and I forget it. Um, what is... So now knowing that this started, the Amber Alert started with Arlington, Texas, are they not like like all around our, our country or is it just Texas? Um, no, it's nationwide because it went live nationwide. What did it say? It went live in 1996. Mm, 1996. That's a good year. That's a really good year. Hey, is that the shout year you out, were born? Yeah, shout hey. out 96. Hey. This is a decent enough new year. Not for me. I went from being an only child. To... Nice kiss from a rose was that year. That was a <laughs> seal. Mm. Oh my gosh, I cannot. But that's really cool, actually. That's national because... I was going to say, if it was just secluded to Texas, I feel like that would be counterintuitive to some of these, like, incidents happen and people leave. Like, usually you try to, like, get as far away from the scene of the crime, like, with Bundy that happened. I hate him. Granted. Um, I can't believe that it started in Texas. That was shocking to me. And when I found the case, I was like, I have to tell this. How crazy. Only in Texas could we mess up so bad. You know? <sighs> Must have so bad that we had to create a whole nationwide alert system. You know, it's so crazy to live in Texas where 
I mean, we we could like like our book of serial killers. They're just nothing murder. compared to Wisco. Wisco is a different beast, though. That's <laughs> sorry, I, guys. That's where I was born. So okay, no, I don't understand a few things. I don't understand. Like I understand the heat of Texas making you go a little mad. I can understand that. Wisco, it is too cold. That's why. For yeah. us to mess around and fight each other or anything. Like, you would think. Well, like, I feel like the reason why there's so many serial killers in Wisco is because of the, the winter blues. You're in nine months of the year, you're stuck inside. There's no sun. You're not getting no UV rays. I'm telling you, living there, I almost went mad. That's why I had to move to Texas. <laughs> okay, everyone, remember that this is being said about Wisco. Just remember this. <laughs> hey, but speaking of that, shout out to the Bucks and Six. We are championship winners. Hey. hey that's nice. So, anywho, getting back into the case of Amber. Detectives recently mentioned they have DNA evidence in the case. Detectives recently mentioned they have DNA evidence in the case as new technology, including genetic genealogy, increasingly helps law enforcement tie open cases to long unidentified suspects. Arlington investigators find themselves with renewed hope. Detective Gilden, the lead investigator on the cold case, declined to tell the Dallas Morning News what physical evidence the department has in the case, citing it as information only Amber's killer would be aware of. That evidence has been secured and maintained for the past 25 years, with hope that it could someday provide a solid lead. He also said the evidence would be submitted later this year for testing. Mm. So that is awesome. That is really awesome. That gives me so much hope. Yes. Shout out um, the advancement of humanity. Yes, and I will keep everyone updated with information as we get it later on when they do the testing. Whatever information we get from that, of course, I will let you guys know. So anyone with information on Amber's case is encouraged to call the Arlington Police Department. Their number is 817-575-8823. I also wanted to mention something, guys, that is so important while we are speaking on New Texas News. If you haven't heard of the case of Rodney Reed, I need you to take the time to do your research and speak out speak to the senator in texas the governor whoever you can talk to and send a letter to or a call to um i want you to do it giddings texas bastrop i need you to speak out on this and i'm going to tell you why here are the key facts you should know about this case and this is from innocenceproject.org rodney rodell reed is an american death row inmate who was convicted on may 18 1998 by a Bastrop District Court jury for the April 23, 1996 abduction, rape, and murder of Stacy Stites, a 19-year-old resident of Giddings, Texas. Now, you guys know I would not be rooting for a murderer, but I've done my research. Uh, this is from the innocenceproject.org. I can't give you all the information on this case because it would take me days. Please look into it yourself. But what I can do is tell you the key facts you should know about the case. The murder weapon has never been tested for DNA evidence. Requests for DNA testing of the crime scene evidence, including a belt that was used as the murder weapon, have been repeatedly denied by the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals. And before you ask why, it's because Bastrop County is racist as fuck, or at least was in the past. Number two, the state's forensic experts have admitted to error in their testimonies, which led to Ronnie's conviction and death sentence. 
Number three, Rodney Reed and Stacy Stites were having a consensual sexual relationship. Number four, renowned forensics pathologists have concluded that Rodney's guilt is medically and scientifically impossible. The prosecution's only forensic evidence linking Rodney to the crime was semen taken from Stacy's body, which was attributed to the consensual relationship between them. The prosecution used this to connect him to the murder and refute their consensual romantic relationship, but the testimony supporting this theory has since been recanted, completely discrediting the state's case. Number five, for months after the murder, Jimmy Fennell, Stacy's fiance, was the prime suspect in the case and would later be convicted of using his power as a police officer to rape women. Number six, Jimmy's best friend at the time of the crime, Bastrop Sheriff Officer Curtis Davis, has now revealed that Jimmy gave an inconsistent account of where he was on the night of the murder. Jimmy had told his friends he was out drinking on the night Stacy was murdered, but he later stated he was with Stacy in the apartment they shared during what we now know was the actual time of her death, based on Dr. Michael Badden's updated testimony, which contradicts his initial claim. When asked to explain this discrepancy, Jimmy declined to testify because his answers might further incriminate him. And just so you know, Jimmy had found out that Rodney Reed had been having a relationship with his fiance and had actually threatened Rodney prior to this and another witness seen that threat. Number seven, two witnesses have recently come forward and submitted signed affidavits that add to the mounting evidence against Jimmy Fennell. These affidavits include testimony from an insurance salesperson who stated that Jimmy threatened to kill Stacy while applying for life insurance. The second witness was a deputy in the Lee County Sheriff's Office at the time of the murder to whom Jimmy made an alarming and incriminating statement regarding Stacy's body at her funeral. Number eight, Jimmy later served a 10-year prison term for a sex crime and kidnapping he committed while on duty. Law enforcement records also document a pattern of violence against women perpetrated by Jimmy. Number nine, this case was racially charged. Rodney, a black male, was found guilty of murdering Stacy, a white woman, by an all-white jury. Number 10, a confession by Jimmy Fennell has come to light. On October 29, 2019, Arthur Snow, a former member of the Aryan Brotherhood and Jimmy's prison mate, disclosed that Jimmy had confessed to murdering Stacy, stating, I had to kill my in-loving fiance in a conversation. And of course, I won't be saying that here. With all that being heard, Chris, do you think that something needs to be done about this? Oh my gosh. That... <laughs> I want to remind you, he's on death row and he almost, he luckily got a stay of execution. Luckily. That is ridiculous. All of that is ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. Any... The number of other crimes that I actually heard being committed inside of everything you just read to me. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. And there's so much more. I barely, I barely touch the surface. Scratch the surface, however you say that. Like literally, this is one of the cases that Kim Kardashian was fighting for. Um, I think she did maybe a special on it. If you just want a quick oh, recap, I you can, I think, what was it? Maybe oxygen or something like that. But I mean, there's so much. I'm literally, they have had experts from forensics to old detectives that have gone in and shown how this could not have been done by him. To us non-ignorant folks, let's um, take in that they said 
medically and scientifically proven like yes those two things the truck that she was in that someone parked at the um, Bastrop High School I believe it was didn't even have his fingerprints on it so how can you say he drove the truck you know what I mean there's so many little that's just little things oh and get this the crime scene where they found her body had cans of beer and cigarettes that had the dna of his friends the cops friend jimmy Fennell, her fiance his friend's dna and they were police officers too at the crime scene and they still con- convicted this man of this murder and we had that we had that one guy uh, to to associate you know other cases that we have been around or exposed to you remember the lying fiance? I always reference him, but it was because that case really hit me <laughs> and it will forever stay on my mind. But the lying fiance. For the little girl that we for covered. For the little girl. Mm-hmm. Yes. You tell a lie, you automatically, any shift in a story shows that you have parts that you are not trying to have revealed. Any lie is trying to keep things from being exposed. So the fact that you were saying that this officer has lies in his story or parts in his story where it's like, And this is something that I find so sickening because it's something that even today, though, sometimes we do, I would love for us to be able to get away from this. Even today, hearing things where it's like, why are you lying? Like, why does this person's life not get to have a conclusion and you get to incriminate them because they're dead? Mm -hmm. Or luckily in his case, he's alive. He's living. But still, your story now should be valid. You know what I'm saying? Like, why are are so many things being thrown up to keep your story from being valid? You're alive. Like, it's your story. You were there. I'm just saying. Yep. It makes no sense. I don't understand how people do these things and get away with it. But, I mean, that's what happens when you decide to look past all of the evidence and convict someone because they're black. Let's be real. Now it's like, well, we have to double down. We can't we can't go back now. Right. And, and you know how Texas is. There's no way they're going to admit to that wrong. They know this man is innocent. We all know this man is innocent. If you look at the evidence yourself, listeners, you will know this man is innocent. That's ridiculous. All this time in prison, while Jimmy Fennell gets to be out there still raping women, still kidnapping women, and you know what he became? A pastor. While Rodney Reed sits in prison for a crime he did not commit. Oh, wow. A pastor. I wanted to make this episode about awareness because we have some very very important cases going on right now that need your attention i told you ronnie reed is on a stay of execution he doesn't have much time go to the website and sign the petition if nothing else then go to freerodneyreed.com and you can sign a petition and it'll take you two minutes two minutes to save an innocent person's life that's all i ask and that is all i have for today guys Make sure you catch me and Dee on Tuesday's episode of Two Addicts Tuesdays. And if you guys want to check me out over on my gaming side of things, Sir Dende Long, uh, check me out on Twitch. I'm finally going to start streaming, guys, Monday, Monday, any probably 6, let's say 6, um, and Friday as well, 6. 
Yes, and as always, feel free to hit our DMs at Two Addicts Podcast. Respectfully, respectfully, guys, <laughs> respectfully. Come on my Instagram. sister with respect. <laughs> um, and we will catch you next week on Forgotten Fridays. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.